as uh, we gathered this morning, obviously for several weeks, uh, this day's been on my mind. And as I, I pondered some scripture and prayed through uh, what God would have me share this morning, uh, I couldn't help, obviously, to think about all of you men and women that have gone before us and served our country and thought uh, how you fought for something bigger than yourself. And, and I'm sure when you read the title this morning, you thought, what does that have to do with Veterans Day? What does that have to do with anything? But hopefully by the end of our time this morning, we'll have a better understanding of what that means. If I don't, if you don't, then who will? And I want all of us to think about that for just a second. If these men and women did not go before us, who would have? Where would we be? Where would we be without the men and women who went before us? Or the men and women who are currently going before us to fight for our freedom? I want you to know this morning, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for any of you that had family that fought for our freedom. It wasn't the people you were fighting in front of you. You were fighting for the people that were behind you. And that's me. That's my family. And I thank you for that this morning. Not to make light of Veterans Day, but I just I thought the other day, Graham and I, Graham and I went hunting yesterday and, and we were just we were sitting in a blind. And, and I asked Graham, I said, Graham, what do you what do you know about the military like? When I tell, when I talk about the army, what do you, what comes to your mind? I mean, five-year-old, and uh, he says, "Well, they get in planes and they shoot people." Does his hands like that? And I said, "Okay, uh, who do they shoot?" And he said, "The bad guys." And he said, "There's a good team and a bad team." And I said, "Okay." Because military, you guys that are in the military, there's there's these little innuendos between you, you know. You take shots at each other, Army, Navy, Marine, Air Force. You know, you take shots at each other. And so I said, well, who who is on the good team? And he said, well, there's only one. And I thought, you know, from a five-year-old, that's a pretty good perspective, you know. Even though there are several different branches of military, you're fighting for one cause. You're fighting for one reason. There might be several different teams you're fighting for one cause. And I thought, man, from a five-year-old, that's, that's a pretty good perspective. But I found this the other day, and I just wanted to read it to you. It's a story about a Marine who was coming home, and here's how it goes. By the time the Marine pulled in to a little town on his way home, every hotel was taken so he walks into the hotel and he tells the hotel manager, you've got to have a room somewhere, he replied, or just a bed. I don't care where. Well, I do have a double room with one occupant, a Navy guy, admitted the manager. And he might be glad to split the cost with you. But to tell you the truth, he snores so loudly that people in the adjoining rooms have complained the past several days. I'm not sure it'd be worth it to you. No problem, a Marine said. I'll take it. And I can take him. 
The next morning, the Marine came down for breakfast, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. How'd you sleep, the manager asked. Never better. The manager was impressed. No problem with the guy snoring then? Nope. I shut him up in no time, said the Marine. How'd you manage that? asked the manager. He was already in bed snoring away when I came into the room. So I went over, gave him a kiss on the cheek, and said, Good night, beautiful. And he sat up all night (laughs) watching me. Listen, (laughs) Google is an incredible thing. You can find anything on the Internet, I'm telling you. And when I found that, I I laughed, and I've probably read that a hundred times, and every time I read it, I laugh. Not to make light of what you guys have gone and and done, uh, and the sacrifice that you made, uh, but that was just funny. And and I wanted to share that with you this morning. Uh, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 2, and and as I thought about this day, and and thought about how we would recognize you guys, uh, there's no way... I could ever say thank you enough. And there's no way that we could ever hold a service that would say thank you enough. But I want to turn, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 2. And and, in the best way I know how, I want to show you a picture, a story of men who I believe stood up and said, if we don't, who will? If we don't, who will? So in Mark chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1 and read the following verses. A few days later, when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much again for this opportunity. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power that's within it. And God, I pray this morning that it's through your word that you convict us, that you challenge us, that you change us. To be the person, the people, the church that you've called us to be. Father, I pray that there's no power in my words other than through the leading of your Holy Spirit. God, that you would guide me, that you would lead me. Father, that you would walk among us this morning. Would you change hearts? Would you change lives in a way that only you can? We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. There's a lot of power in these five verses in Mark chapter 2. And immediately, a couple of weeks ago, when I began to, to, to really read and, and pray about where God would have me go and what God would have me to share with you guys, this scripture came to mind, and I began to read it, I began to pray over it. And I thought, what, what power 
is within these five verses. Just a couple of things that I want to share with you this morning from these five verses about four men, a group of men, who when Jesus entered the city, they saw a need and they responded. You know, I immediately thought about you veterans, those that are currently serving in our military, and the fact that they saw a need and they acted upon it. They saw a need and they responded. You know, we're, we're going to notice in, in Scripture later on that, that they were not asked to do what they did, but they did it anyway. And some of you probably weren't asked. There were some that were made, if we're honest. But we didn't have to ask you. Because you were fighting for something greater than yourself. I love this passage of Scripture because of what it tells us. Because of the example that it gives us. And I think it can be applied to all of us in some way, shape, or form, whether we have military background or not. It can be applied to all of us. The first thing that I saw was the fact that they did see a need. They saw a need and they responded to that need. Something I want you to consider this morning is how in touch are you with the things around you? How in touch are you with the things going on around you? It's going to be kind of hard to respond to a need if you're not in touch with what's going on around you. Correct? It's pretty much impossible if you're not in tune with what's going on around you, you cannot respond. You won't respond because you have no idea how to respond. Yet the thing that, that really sticks out to me about these four men is the fact that nobody asked them. It tells us exactly where Jesus is and where He's going. He's just entered into Capernaum, basically His home base. That is where His ministry flooded out and and some would suggest that he was in Peter's house could have been his house I don't know but most suggest that he was in Peter's house we know he wasn't in the synagogue it says that he was in a home he was in a house and chances are it was a one-story house but that's where Jesus was and when Jesus came into town people followed him they followed him in large crowds, so large the Bible says that they couldn't even fit them in the doorway. Old homes like that, because they didn't have doors, they would build a wall about four feet away from the opening of the door. They would build a wall to block the wind and dirt and all that stuff that would get into the house. And so they were, they were hovered around that wall. They couldn't even fit in the doorway. They were standing at the windows. It was so crowded. People wanted to be around Jesus. I thought, in, in our own lives, how many people are following us? How many people sense Jesus so much in our own lives that they want to be around us? That Jesus just oozes from us in such a way that, that people 
they have no other choice than to see Jesus because we are a reflection of Jesus. They wanted to be around Jesus. They wanted to sit at His feet. And, and I hear some people say, well, I don't like large crowds, and when I get in front of large crowds, I really don't know what to say. But you know what Jesus did? He preached. He preached. It's, it's kind of like you guys that went into the military, you had no idea what you were getting into. Most of you had no idea what you were going to do, but guess what? When you had to do it, you did it, right? You did what you had to do. And for that, I'm grateful. You know what else? I, I, I love having conversations with people and, and talking about the church and just talking about life in general. And How many times this week have you talked to someone and, and carried a need to them and, and said, hey, this is a need, would you... Would you consider it? And they go, well, let me pray about it. Had that happen? Let me pray about it. Right? You know, we've had several needs in the church and, and we might go to somebody and say, hey, would you consider this? And they go, eh, let me pray about it. You know what that tells me? That tells me that most likely you're not going to do it. I'm just being honest with you. That's what that tells me. What if every single one of our military men and women, if we approached them and said, hey, would you go and fight for our country? What if they said, well, let me pray about it. Some of you didn't even have time to pray about it. You got drafted and you were gone. And you went and did what you had to do. Now listen. I'm not saying we don't need to stop and pray about things. We do. But there's some things that we just have to do. There are just some things that have to be done. You don't have to pray about it. It's what God's called you to do. And you know it in your heart. That's what God's called you to do. And that's what you need to do. What if these men would have stopped and they seen the men... Think about this. I have no idea. Let's say 200 people were in this house. Alright? 200 people... And this lame man is laying there. You know that they all passed by this man. What if they all stopped and said, let me pray about helping this guy. You know what? They didn't even do that. They didn't even pay attention to him. They walked on by. And these four men, as they're walking by, they see the guy. Do you think they huddled up and said, hey, let's, let, let's, let's lay out a plan here. Let's think about this for a second. Let's, let's pray about this. No, they didn't. They stopped, they picked the man up, and they were carrying him to Jesus. There's no question. That's what God had called them to do. The other thing I love about this text is they saw a challenge and they made a solution. They saw a challenge and they made a solution. They figured it out. They figured it out. The challenge was before them, 
when they walked up to the house and they saw that there were so many people in the house, there was no way they were getting through all of those people to get to Jesus. So they had to come up with a solution. Did they stop and they pray about it? No. They figured out a solution. Let's be honest. Some of us at this point, when we get there and we see the challenge and we go, well, there's just there's no way to get to Jesus, we stop. We stop. We put the man down and we go about our business. But that's not what these men did. Are you willing to fight for something bigger than yourself? That's my question this morning. Listen, we all face challenges. We all have challenges in our lives. But are you willing to fight? Are you willing to fight for something greater than yourself? That's what our military men did. They saw a challenge. They figured out a solution. And they fought for it. They fought for it. What was in it for these four men? What did they gain? What were they given? The satisfactory of knowing that they served. That's it. They weren't written large checks. I read this story. There was a drill sergeant at Fort Jackson. And his commander started noticing. They put him in charge of all the new recruits that were coming in. And, and so the new recruits would come into the room and he would talk to them about their, their insurance, their, their GI insurance that they would get after they retired. And uh, so they would come in, they would sit down, and he would tell them, here's what the military will pay you if you will go to war. Here's what the military will pay your, your beneficiaries if you go to war and, and you're killed. You'll get $200,000. And then he said... Here's what they will pay you if you go to war and you don't, you know, you die afterwards, they'll give you $6,000. And he had a 100% sign-up rate for these guys. They were signing up. He could not stop them. They wanted to sign up. And I thought, how... Either way, the sacrifice that these guys were making, there's not enough money in the world to pay someone. There's not enough money in the world to pay the men and women of this country that fought for this country. These guys were fighting for something bigger than themselves. And I have to believe that as they were walking by, they they stood there and they looked at each other and said, if we don't, who will? If we don't, who will? If we just walk on by and pretend that never happened, pretend that we never saw this guy, he's going to lay there and die. If we don't, who will? If we don't fight for this guy, who's going to fight for this guy? And so they get there and they notice that they can't even get into the house. And instead of dropping him and moving on, they figure out a solution. I have no idea if they went and made a ladder, if they found a ladder, if they just hoisted each other up. I have no clue. But the fact of the matter is they got on top of the roof of the house. 
And they begin to peel away shingles of some sort and, and dig through the mud on the rafters of the house until they had a hole big enough where they could let the man down on his mat right there in front of Jesus. Wow. What an, what, a, what an incredible cause to fight for. What an incredible cause to fight for. They didn't complain. They didn't whine. They didn't fight. They didn't fuss. They found a solution and they did something about it. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. And I've told Sandra this for months. And it's something that I live by. I'm not going to complain. You're not going to hear me complain. I'm going to find a solution. Or I'm just going to shut up. That's just who I am. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to find a solution. And there are things in this church that I'm not going to complain about. We're going to find a solution. And that's the way it needs to be. Because if we sit here and we continue to complain and we continue to whine, guess what? Nothing's ever going to happen. What if that's all that our military did? What if they just fussed and complained and whined all the time? We'd never accomplish anything. You know what they did? Instead, they went and fought. They went and fought. And I'm going to tell you, there's some things in this church that we need to fight for. We need to stand up and fight for it and quit saying we're going to pray about it and do nothing about it. Because that's what's going on. When our real intent is to really do nothing about it. I'm just giving you my take, my perspective. That's what these men did. They found a solution. Was it easy? Was it practical? No. Did it get the job done? Yeah. Did they draw out blueprints? No. Did they have the proper tools? No. But did they get the job done? Yes. Listen, we might not have the right people all the time in the right place. That doesn't mean we can't get the job done. We've got some momentum. We've got some things rolling. We've got some things happening in the life of this church. And we need to keep that. We need to keep that. It's worth fighting for. Every aspect, every ministry in this church is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Are you willing to fight for something bigger than yourself? Most of you men and women in here, I've only known a short time. And most of you fought many years ago. You had no clue who I was. Wasn't even around, didn't even exist, but guess what? You fought for me. And I'm thankful for that. And today I want you to understand something, that in this church... What you're giving to, 
what you're supporting, guess what? There's some that are going to benefit from your support now that you'll never know and you'll never see. But that's why you fought for this country. That's why you're still fighting for this country. I love what G.K. Chesterton said this. He said, A true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. Wow. You know, couldn't that relate to the church as well? Couldn't that relate to the church as well? Yeah, I'm going to fight for every aspect of ministry in this church. I want you to understand that. And I believe Kenny would. And I know Mark will. Every aspect of ministry in this church. But I'm going to tell you, a ministry that's near and dear to my heart is our children. You want to know why? Because i got a five-year-old and a two-year-old standing right behind me. You better believe I'm going to fight for them. I love our youth. Do, do not hear me say that I don't. I do. I'm going to fight for them, and they know I would. And I will every single day. But they're not my five-year-old and my two-year-old. They're just not. You didn't fight because of what was in front of you. You fought because of what was behind you. What are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? The beauty of this whole message is found in verses 4 and 5. When the men finally tear through the ceiling and they begin to lower the man down, and Jesus sees this man as he's lowered down right in front of him, and he tells the man, your sins are forgiven. Listen, these men had no clue who they were fighting for. They just knew that they had to fight. And because of that, this man was healed. Because of their faithfulness, this man was healed. What they gain? The simple fact of knowing that they served and that they did what they felt God wanted them to do. Where's the gospel in all of this? Jesus fought for you, He fought for me. The greatest story ever known to man was the fact that Jesus came, lived a perfect, sinless life for somebody like you and I so that we could have salvation, so that we could have eternal life. Do I deserve the men and women that fight daily for my freedom? No, I don't. Do I deserve Jesus who gave His life for my sins? No, I don't. But I'm grateful for both. 
For it's because of both that I am who I am today. Listen, who are you fighting for? Maybe there's somebody. Maybe there's somebody in your circle of influence. Listen, if people aren't following you, if people aren't, are you, if you're not surrounding yourself with other people that need to know about Jesus, you need to surround yourself with people that need to know about Jesus. Maybe there is somebody that you're burdened about that needs Jesus. Are you fighting for them? Are you fighting for them? Well, Mac, I don't, I don't know what to say. Well, you know what? Jesus just preached. Jesus did what Jesus knew to do. And that was preach the truth. That's all you can do. That's all I can do. I'm not comfortable in every situation. I've been telling our youth the past couple of times we've met, listen, if you want a conversation starter, ask them if you could be a car or a truck, what would you be? That's weird. But you know what? It would get a conversation started. If you could be an animal, what would you be? Man, now how neat would it be to lead somebody to Christ after asking them or starting the whole conversation off, well, if you could be an animal, what would you be? It could happen. It could happen. You see, these men, they they saw a need and they responded. They saw a difficult situation, they came up with a solution. And because of all of that, because of their faithfulness, one man's life was changed forever. Listen, I believe that you or I, if I was the only person on planet earth, full of sin, Jesus still would have died on a cross. If you were the only person on planet earth, Jesus still would have died on the cross for your sins. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. It's time for you to say, you know what, I'm ready to serve something, someone greater than myself. Because that's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus is. So I beg you this morning. I beg you. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's someone you know that needs Jesus. Make today that day. Make today that day where you say, you know what, I'm going to serve someone greater than myself. And I give my life to Him. Let's pray together. God, we thank You so much for today. Thank You for loving us. Thank You for saving us. God, I pray it's to the power of Your Son Jesus and His death, burial, and resurrection, God, that You would have Your way right now. God, every chain, every burden, every fear, every doubt that's in this place, God, I pray that You would have victory over them. God, that You would flood our souls with Your presence in these next few minutes. Have Your way, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen.